Hey, we get it. You don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now. So let us tell you something you do want to hear. You are intelligent. You make all the right decisions. You were smart before smart was cool, and you made it cool again. You have a wealth of knowledge, and you are so very clever. <laughs> I bet you already knew I was going to say that, you genius. There. Don't you feel better? You'll also feel better when you hear you could save big when you switch to progressive. But I'm pretty sure you already knew that, too. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Good morning, guys. Good evening, New York. So I'm going to read this. Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. So this is this is a week and a half. It started off with one of the more interesting pieces of gaming news. The fact that CD Projekt Red was a direct target of a ransomware attack. And, uh... Yeah, the the hackers themselves sounded about as stereotypically bad as could possibly be. Let's actually dive straight into that. So, Project CD Red, for those who don't know, is a company name I intentionally mess up every single chance I can because they spell project wrong, so I'm gonna sp- so I'm gonna pronounce their name wrong every single time. But I digress. Red CD Project got th- was hit with a ransomware attack. They're the ones behind quite a few games, including most notably The Witcher Three and Cyberpunk 2077, an open world game that only PC players can play, and pretty much everyone else has a buggy mess. The game itself, pretty much, it was clear in about Q2 of 2020 when it was delayed by several months that the game was not ready, they knew it wasn't going to be ready, and tried to do everything in their power to fix it before it released until eventually they had no choice but to release it as well funds were most likely getting tight. That's at least my theory. And ever since then, it's been a bit of a buggy mess. And while everyone else has been saying that that, uh, Project Red CD has been... Oh, hey, look at that. My little Echo Dot just went off saying that something important arrived. But anyway, I digress. Pretty much the game was almost unplayable on everything except PC, in which it was playable and actually a fantastic experience with an occasional bug and exploit found. The company has been trying their best to patch it as quickly as possible. They have clearly been putting forward their best effort to fix the game. So of course someone had to go in and try to ruin the repair effort by hacking Red Project CD. 
The attack went ahead and compromised several systems. Data was stolen, and all of their uh, large chunks of their data were encrypted and held for ransom. CD Projekt Red has, in fact, recovered from the attack since, you know, they are not incompetent morons and actually had backups of their stuff. By the way, back up your stuff. I'm not saying go absolutely crazy like a large function of like a large software company like Project CD Red or myself and go get a dedicated backup server and back up to it and have that thing have a redundancy of a redundancy and all that sort of nonsense. Just have a hard drive, back up stuff to it just in case. I'm just saying. However, one of the things that was stolen was the source code for for quite a few games, including Cyberpunk 2077, The Witcher 3, and some other games that nobody actually cares about, mostly because one of them is a card game. I'm just saying, if your card game isn't isn't, uh, Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, or Yu-Gi-Oh!, Almost nobody cares. But needless to say, Red Red CD Project did in fact say they were not under any circumstances going to pay the ransom. Though, you want to know why I say The hackers are clearly just a bunch of dweebs. Listen to the amount of class they have in their ransom note. The note is literally just a TXT file found on their servers. Is entitled, Hello, CD Project." Not even include the red? Come on, even I include red somewhere in there. Your have been epically pwned. Double exclamation point. We have dumped full copies of the source code from your perforce server for Cyberpunk 2077, The Witcher 3, Gwent, and the unreleased version of Witcher 3. We have also dumped all of your documents relating to accounting, administration, legal, HR, investor relations, and more. We have also encrypted all of your servers, but we understand that you most likely recover from backups. If we will not come to an agreement, then your source code will be sold or leaked online and your documents will be sent to our contacts in gaming journalism. Your public image will go down the shitter even more, and people will see how shitty your company fun- functions. Investors will lose trust in your company, and the stock will dive even lower. You have 24 hours to contact us.
here's the thing, though. Do you know how many companies end up having their their reputation ruined because they got hacked? None! A hack or a ransomware attack nowadays is pretty much treated like a tornado. They're just assumed to be things that happen. If your goal really was here to go ahead and make Project CD Red look as bad as possible, how do you think this helps? Oh, because you have their accounting administration, legal, HR, investor relations, and more? Who cares? The only thing of really note here is the source codes. That's pretty much it. The rest of it is just going to be, oh, hey, look. They bank with these four banks. Administration info. Hey, look. Chuck is head of HR. Hey, look, Tony, the lawyer is CD Projekt Red's lawyer. Oh, no. Like that information isn't all that damaging. The only thing that would be damaging would be if it was just like, we found out about your secret ties to the cult of electronic arts, and we will disclose it. Of course, though, they would phrase it in such a way that we know about your relationship with this. And so simply phrase it in a way that would directly lead to that without saying it. But you know what's even more telling about this? What's really more telling about this hack? This hack happened, or at least it was brought to light late Monday. We are recording this now on Saturday. Granted, my research into stuff for the podcast pretty much ends. Uh, I'd say I stopped around midnight on Friday. That was about when my hunting for articles stopped and my sorting process began. You want to know how much we've heard about the hack since then? Besides the fact I just dropped my watch that I was fumbling with. We've heard that the hackers sold it sold the source code to Cyberpunk 2077 and The Witcher 3 for 7 million. But the best part is that people are not really, like, believing them.
For a game as buggy as Cyberpunk 2077, some sort of vulnerability would have come to light by now. Right? I actually don't know. I'm seriously asking. You would assume something would have come out. Or better yet, if the hackers themselves were as skilled as they said, wouldn't they have shown off some exploit in the source code? There's got to be thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions maybe even in a game as buggy as Cyberpunk 2077. Wouldn't they have shown off one to show they weren't bluffing? The hacker group is suspected to be a group that calls themselves the Hello Kitty Ransomware Group. So one of two things, either A, they picked the dumbest name possible because they are dumb, or they picked the dumbest name possible hoping that people would underestimate them. But at the same time, their behavior is very lackluster, to say the least. I got a feeling they didn't. I, there, There is a decent chance, and a lot of people are speculating this as well, that they didn't successfully sell the source code. There's even a decent chance they don't even have the source code. It does kind of make you wonder if this whole thing was just kind of a nothing. I'm not going to go out and go full conspiracy theory and say, oh, hey, I think CD Projekt Red went ahead and faked a hack upon themselves and blah, 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 blah. No, I'm not going to go down that road. That road is dumb. So I don't know. Someone in the chat says the source code is usually pretty huge. Wouldn't it take some time to steal steal it? You would assume so. Especially for an open world game like Cyberpunk 2077. There's also the question that since the game is already basically still in development... I'd say that's that's safe to say, right? The current state of Cyberpunk 2077 is that it's released, they're collecting revenue for it, but it's basically in a beta state. Especially on the consoles right now. So how much would the source code really do considering the fact that the game is still clearly in a development cycle. I got a feeling when push comes to shove that
this ransomware attack unless something big comes out next week is going to end up being a nothing for CD Red Project. But as with all things, time will tell. Chat saying that Cyberpunk 2077 is basically either in early access or it's the Founders Edition. I will say this. I'm not sure if I'm willing to go Founders Edition. Because, man, Founders Edition uh, RTX cards look so, so nice. Yeah, I said it. The 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 RTX 3000, uh, uh, the 3080 and the 3090 Founders Edition. Yeah, those cards finally grew on me. Why don't GPU makers just make really nice, good-looking cards anymore? It's all just like, here's a board. Here's a hunk of metal and copper heat pipes on it. And here's a plastic ugly shroud on it that makes it look like just the same angular gamerware that we've been selling for the last 10 years. Kind of disappointing, really. Meanwhile, over in the iOS world... iOS beta 14.5 has introduced the feature we've all been waiting for. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? In iOS, you can now change the default music app. What the heck kind of oppressive regime have you iOS people been living under? You haven't been able to change the default music app this whole time? I I was on iOS for three years and I didn't even know about this. Are you kidding me? This is definitely like one of those moments where you just like come out of the the realization that, wow, iOS really is a super lockdown ecosystem. But at the same time, iOS does have insane stability on their platform. And that's one thing they do really well. In addition to taking out a chunk of your screen for a notch that nobody asked for. Hey, I'm just going to say it. The main reason I stuck with Samsung is that all I'm missing on my screen is a little hole at the top. That's it. Uh Chad actually does make a good point. They always say it's for your safety. It's not. It absolutely is not. There's two reasons why Apple does these sort of things. 
first is to put their preferred apps face first. They want to use their maps app. They want to use their weather app. They want to use especially their music app because their music app links to their iTunes store, which then means they get more revenue from that. But the other thing is stability. They almost never say stability. I will say stability. Because if there's one thing I know going between iOS and Android every couple of years, every several years, iOS has a much, much more stable platform. But on Android, I mean, first off, your phones look more unique in Android. Even though Sam, even though Samsung with this phone copied Apple in all the wrong ways, what the heck, Samsung? Why did you remove the SD card slot? Why the heck did you remove the... Fa- I digress. I didn't even get a freaking charger in mine. They copied that from Apple. Anyway, that's getting on a rant of... My problems with Samsung. They copied removing the charger. What the heck? But the fact that you can now. Finally. Finally. Decide to go ahead and use Spotify. Go ahead and use. Plex. I don't know. Why are those like the only two third-party music apps for iOS that I can think of off off the top of my head? That's like the go-to option of Spotify and then an obscure platform that only the nerdiest of nerds know about. Although Plex has actually been getting more traction in in the quote-unquote masses. Chat's making fun of me because I put... Because I put my uh, my Ultra 21 inside an outer box. Hey, man. I know me. I know I'm going to drop this phone. It's going to happen. It, it, it is inevitable. Almost like Thanos. It's inevitable Thanos is going to snap away half the world. It's inevitable I will drop this phone and I've already dropped it twice. And it's still alive. So now who's the fool? Oh, wait, it's still me. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, we need to talk about Ubisoft. We need to talk about Ubisoft and their very, very troubling developing ways.
back eagle eyes on tech i'm eagle falcon all right so let's talk about ubisoft apparently ubi has now gone on the record saying they want to be less reliant on triple a game releases and instead focus more on free to play making its money i'm not gonna lie I am very, very disappointed in this. For those who are unaware, AAA refers to game titles that you pay up front and that a major studio has put forward their best effort to make sure it is the cream of the crop, the best experience it could possibly be. This includes such game titles as pretty much every single Call of Duty, despite the fact you'd never realize it because, of course, there's a new one out every single year. Games like Final Fantasy VII Remake would definitely be a good example of a AAA title. And there's plenty of others. Free-to-play games, however, the ones you mostly find on your phone are uh, not as great of an experience. I mean, besides Genshin Impact, which I would say is definitely, without a doubt, a diamond in the rough in the world of mobile gaming, can you name another mobile game that is of of the same quality that you expect on major game consoles? It's tough, isn't it? Even some of the old games I play, like Duel Links for Yu-Gi-Oh, are uh, are, are pretty. They're they're, they're okay games, but th- it also just makes you feel guilty at the same time. Like you know, you're not playing the best of the best. You're playing a game that's just like, yeah, this is good enough. But in recent memory, a lot of these mobile games are just kind of, they feel very cash-grabby. Or worse, are just made from the get-go to be well, revenue generators. Where the gameplay itself is tied in on just constantly putting in more money, either to unlock more features or worse, just to continue being remotely competitive in the game at all. These sort of games are very, very predatory in the way they behave. And I personally would love to see those sort of games die in a fire. 
Colleen in chat me- mentioned uh, Hearthstone or the MTG Arena as um, as examples. Those almost seem like kind of the the easiest go tos, right? The digital card games and that sort of thing. Another person says Civ Six. Civ Six though is just like a port, though. I don't was Civ Six originally made as a free to play mobile port, or is that more of a a AAA game that's ported to mobile? That would be like saying, oh, yeah, we have great mobile games like Stardew Valley, even though Stardew Valley was originally made as an indie title for the PC. That doesn't really count. Don't get me wrong, though. Stardew Valley on mobile is actually pretty good. And it's actually thanks to that I finally got got to uh, have my mom break her addiction to Candy Crush on her phone. Stardew Valley. Saving people from Candy Crush one talk at a time. I'm just saying. Stardew Valley is the cure. Anyway, this is disappointing to see Ubisoft shift away from AAA titles. A lot of people, however, are starting to think that the main reason for it is because the Embracer group has overtook Ubisoft to become Europe's number one gaming company. Embracer group is a group I've never heard of until today. But mainly they do free-to-play ports and, well, not free-to-play ports, but but cheap free-to-play games. And, well, they also did just kind of recently buy up I want to say Gearbox but I don't see Gearbox coming up on here well in any case it is kind of disappointing to see this free to play trend with these predatory sort of monetary monetization methods overtake just good old-fashioned storytelling. Soon it will be only the indie developers. I really should one of these days actually give Genshin Impact a try. One of these days I really should. I just got distracted a little bit by the Echo Dot now giving the notification that uh, a very special package has arrived. As opposed to earlier when it was just asking if I liked the deodorant that I got. Oh, good. According to the app, it was handed directly to a resident, so my downstairs neighbor has it now. (laughs) They're nice people, though. Anyway... Uh, getting away from, uh, from that signal has apparently been removed since, well, as far as we're able to tell, they are going ahead and doing the one thing they weren't supposed to do. 
suppressing discussions. <sighs> Good job. Good job. So, uh, I guess for now, rip and peace signal. No one now knows what to do in order to speak in secret. I would recommend a phone call. I'm just saying. Phone calls are never monitored except when they are. I don't know what my point here was. So, the uh, all right. Unfortunately, though, because late night me did not order everything correctly, um, apparently, we're, we are expecting the next Star Wars game to be open world out of Ubisoft. However, we're not expecting to see it until after their latest project, the Avatar project. And of course, this is making it even worse by the fact that, well, we just had that wonderful little note of uh, Ubisoft deciding that they are going to be going more free-to-play than they will be going AAA titles. So more of their resources are going to be going to that free-to-play model. Great. Thanks. Meanwhile, in China, Steam has officially launched in China. And it has a grand total of 41 titles. Wee! All right, all right. So so new goal we need to fundraise the uh we, we we need to fundraise my ability to post stuff on steam and we need to go ahead and get the meme title that uh that i recreated that another streamer made onto the steam store in china Someone in chat pointed out that's more than Stadia has. <laughs> you know, when you phrase it like that, this, this this is a huge success. Dude, Steam in China has 400% more titles than, than Stadia does. Oh. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I wish you the best of luck, Chinese Steam team. Good luck in uh, trying to get anything going. Godspeed. Meanwhile, over in the iOS app store, an app has been silenced. Shadow has been removed. Shadow, for those who don't understand, is uh, an application that lets you remote into other computers. And it has been removed. 
Because apparently it can be used to download other apps from outside the app store. On the devices that you remote into. Wait, what? Yeah, that's apparently the reason they're given. Because Shadow, which lets you remote into other computers and be able to play games on them, because they can access app stores other than the iOS app store on those other devices that you're remoting into, you cannot use the... What? This seems really stupid. This is one of two things. This is either A... Someone at the Apple App Store being really, really dumb, or B, this is Apple getting way, way more lockdowny on their apps, saying that you cannot even remote into your own computers. Could you imagine if you say had, I don't know, a small little 12U rack full to the brim? With uh, other various computers doing this, that, the other thing, controlling your storage and all other fun sort of stuff. Imagine if you were told, you know what? Nah, you can't use any of that. Could you imagine if they decided to pull that sort of stunt and I actually decided to go back to iOS instead of sticking on Android? a very strange precedent you're sending here Apple but then again there's also a strong chance you're just being really dumb meanwhile on the rest of the Apple App Store uh, Google has not updated most of its iOS apps since the effect of privacy labeling took effect so privacy labeling means that each of the apps have to say what data they are mining while you're using them. Apple has been very, very strict as far as privacy, which again is why people are attracted to the platform. But Google is intentionally not updating any of its apps apparently to try and dodge this with the exception of YouTube. Huh. What could that mean? Hmm. Maybe that's why Google has been staying out of the uh, Facebook versus Apple sort of debate. Because they already figured out all we got to do is just not update our apps. Brilliant. And of course, Google has not responded to comments, mostly because it's Google and it doesn't need to answer to the likes of you. Why would you think they need to? 
or maybe it's because Google is far too nervous about NVIDIA acquiring ARM now that everyone is uh, drinking the Apple Kool-Aid and thinking, you know, maybe we need to all design our own processors too. Literally everyone! Microsoft's building their own ARM processors. Google's uh, making their own ARM processors. Qualcomm has been making their own ARM processors. Amazon's making their own uh, ARM processors. The UK government is making their own ARM processors. I've been making my own ARM processors. They're in an easy-bake oven over across the store. My cat that doesn't exist is making their own ARM processor. Everyone's been making their own ARM processor. Everyone! And everyone's starting to realize, wait, if we all start making our own ARM processor and NVIDIA is trying to acquire ARM and NVIDIA makes some of their own ARM processors already. Oh, no. Also, did I not call this? Did I not just call this? I said when NVIDIA was trying to go ahead and acquire ARM, isn't this going to be a conflict of interest because NVIDIA makes their own ARM processors? Well, will you look at that? Hey, Microsoft and Google, you should just listen to Eagle Eyes on Tech, which airs every single weekday on Monday at 4 p.m.-ish on every single one of your major podcasting platforms, of which some of you own. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Then you might be on top of this sort of stuff. I'm just saying. What a way to stay informed instead of catching on frickin' several months down the road. Good job. We're gonna take a break here. When we come back, let's talk about the chip shortage
Modern leaders, it's not just their ability to reason that we value or their eloquence. It's more than their intelligence that we admire. What truly matters is their humanity. Just like modern leaders, the LS is human at heart. Every aspect of the Lexus LS is crafted around you, engineered to a higher standard, the human standard. The new 2021 Lexus LS. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, so there's no secret. There has been a problem in making enough silicon chips for literally everything. It is affecting the PlayStation 5, it is affecting the Xbox Series X, the Xbox Series S to a lesser extent because nobody wants an Xbox Series S except for those who can't afford an Xbox Series X, but I digress. It's been affecting the all the major GPUs. It's been affecting the CPU market. And now it is starting to affect the Chevy Malibu. The Chevy Malibu. Because I can pronounce words, I swear. Yes, the chip shortage is even affecting the production of cars. Because, of course, cars are now basically a giant engine with wheels and also a computer. It is stunning how much electronics are in cars nowadays compared to, quote, the good old days when it was, in fact, you had to go out in front of it and just crank start it. Technology is everywhere. And, of course, with a chip shortage, it is affecting even that there's even a lot of people saying that the the new uh ford f-150 the one that is the first pickup the first major pickup i should say with a fully hybrid engine that ford was also crazy enough to go ahead and have a mode where it just becomes a generator for 7700 watts which is Absurd, by the way. This is just, just hilarious overkill. And yes, I want one. Oh no, the power went out. Let me go get my pickup truck and power the house. It's crazy. That is absolute Looney Tunes. Convince me otherwise. But I digress. Even car production is being affected by the chip shortage. In fact, the chip shortage is getting so bad 
NVIDIA is going to be returning to make the GTX 1050 Ti. A four-generation old card. So that there is something, anything that people can buy who are in desperate need of a graphic card. A 1050 Ti. For those who are unaware, we are currently on the Ampere architecture. All right, that is the current RTX 3000 series. Then before that was Turing, the RTX 2000 series. Then Volta, which we didn't see in the consumer market, but did exist in the professional market. And then there was Pascal, which is what this is. It's a four-generation old part. Well, why the heck is it the 1050 instead of the 1080? 1080 more powerful. Why not make that? Because the higher-end cards are more difficult to make. To get a chip that will validate as a 1050 is much, much easier. Thus, why it's much, much cheaper than a 1080 that's why this is just this is getting crazy but hey if you're looking for a higher end card RTX 3080 Ti could be announced in uh, April with 12 gigs of RAM and zero supply Uh, uh, what do you think 12 gigs of RAM, no supply? Who's on board? But yeah, this flies in the face of everyone saying it was going to have 20 gigs of RAM. And not that it really matters. Like, people want to complain about, oh, hey, it doesn't have enough RAM. It doesn't have enough this, that. It doesn't have enough existence! Who cares what it's loaded with if it doesn't exist? It might as well just be a myth, a legend, complete and utter vaporware. And you know what's not helping? Remember how last week we were talking about how supply of the laptops seem to be in stock, but not the GPUs for the desktops? Well, guess what? The laptops are going to be going the way of the dinosaur too, because cryptocurrency miners are mining, are freaking buying up all the laptops to go and mine some more Ethereum. Are you kidding me? Is nothing sacred? Even the laptops aren't safe. All the freaking computer stuffs. It's a myth. Non-existence. It's all unicorns and whatever. (laughs) None of it's real. It all doesn't exist. You know, it does exist, though. Frickin' Bitcoin and Tesla went ahead and put its mouth where it's... I don't know where this analogy is going. 
but Tesla was stoned enough to go ahead and buy $1.5 billion in Bitcoins and will offer to buy, to accept Bitcoin as a currency option. No idea if this is actually as Elon Musk having actual faith in it or if Elon Musk has just been smoking a little bit too much of the good stuff. As a side note, though, for those who are curious, you want to know how much Bitcoin is going for right now? The current price of Bitcoin as of the time of recording this podcast is... $46,000. And it's actually been on a bit of a... I wouldn't say it actually... It, it went up significantly after Tesla made this announcement. It went up by about 10000 And then, well... It just kind of went up and down and up and down as uh nobody was really sure if it had staying power or not and people just saw the huge spike and cashed out because they could not gonna lie i would have in an other weird sort of uh development involving bitcoin jay-z and jack dorsey are launching a bitcoin development fund and it's going to start in africa and india even though india plans on banning all cryptocurrencies later because india does not understand how cryptocurrency works and is deathly afraid of it and quite frankly i don't really blame india because nothing about the current value of cryptocurrency makes any kind of sense other than everyone's blind faith in the currency. And that's the thing with cryptocurrencies. There is nothing backing it other than people's blind faith that it has value. At least with cash or any other kind of currency, there's a government backing the currency. What backs a Bitcoin? My electric bill that it took to mine the Bitcoin in the first place. That's always the hangup I have with it. It just never made sense. That's not going to stop MasterCard though, because MasterCard is also going to be supporting cryptocurrencies, but only the ones you've never heard of. Well, Have fun with that. Specifically, MasterCard is going to be only supporting the uh, the cryptocurrencies that are stable. So basically, they're going to support no cryptocurrencies whatsoever. Okay, have fun with that. That's all I got to say. Enjoy doing whatever the heck you're doing there, MasterCard. Um, I look forward to you supporting nothing. Let's shift gears wildly because I have no good transitioning point to this right now. 
apparently the new Intel Core i7 1100, 11,700K. What the heck do we even call these? 11,700K? 11700K? At least this isn't the, what was that? What was the one CPU that Intel showed off at a conference and then just like gave up halfway through? It was like 116U7KM. And then they just referred to it as the 11th gen part. In fact, Gamers Nexus actually on that same thing uh, made a chart stating how many times Intel referred to the the AMD CPU they're competing against over the own times they named their own. But I digress. The actual benchmarks of it. Right, right, right. Um, well, it benchmarks pretty okay. It doesn't quite beat the Ryzen 5000 parts. It doesn't matter, though, because those parts don't exist. And, well, it does okay. It's, it's an okay part. And what's going to really determine how well the 11th gen Intel parts do is what their price is going to be. Cause it's clear they can't compete with AMD in performance. So they have to do what AMD did best back in the day, price it as low as they can. So they can at least win the, the performance per dollar war, which granted is a very, very important war. When it comes to building a PC, another important war to win is actually being in stock. Another important war to win is rigging your own benchmarks so that Apple Silicon doesn't look nearly as good compared to your own benchmarks. So that way people would go like, oh, an Intel laptop, that's better than that silly arm thing that Apple's doing, right? I cannot wait until the old guard of Intel has been thrown out by the new CEO that's coming in in like six months. Because holy cow, the people at Intel look like complete and utter fools. And they they need to go. They just gotta go. Because their Intel looks like a joke. And to a lesser extent, they are. Oh, and by the way, uh, some older boards, even though they were supposed to support the new 11th gen processors, won't support it. Even though, um, well, here's the weird thing, all right? So the Intel 11th gen processors will not be supported on the H410 and B460 motherboards. All right, they won't. 
But in a weird twist of fate, vendors are selling these same boards, but somehow tweaking in support for those processors after the fact. What? I'm not going to pretend I understand all the ins and outs, but does this mean that Intel just pulled an Intel? And that vendors are trying to un-Intel the Intel chipsets that Intel is trying to Intel up? While Intel is Inteling the benchmarks about Intel? While simultaneously Inteling the, the Intel chipsets? Did I get that right? I don't know. All, all I know is if there's one thing I know about lower end boards with Intel, don't. Intel normally does three different SKUs on other boards the H series, the B series, and the Z series. With how much they strip out of the H series and the B series, you don't want to go for those. Just go for the Z series and be happy forever. Like the B series only has 4X bandwidth on the GPU slot, which is really, really bad. Like your GPU can get away with 8X on the GPU slot, 16X is overkill. But 4X, you actually start seeing a performance dip. And it just makes no sense unless you're building small computers. And if you're building small computers, why the heck are you getting a dedicated motherboard for it? And it's just... I, I, I need a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about other crazy, crazy stuff. Like uh, the crazy Xiaomi phone that uh, has a small screen on the back. So you remember what your front screen looks like. Because that's necessary. <laughs>
back eagle eyes on tech i'm eagle falcon all right so the xiaomi mi 11 ultra is a phone that exists which uh i uh i don't know xiaomi just decided that uh you know what you know how uh samsung has that phone with that huge underlined huge camera bump on that s21 ultra that i'm holding in my hand right now and taking it out of its protective Otterbox, so you get a good look if you're watching live at twitch.tv slash Eagle Falcon of what the camera looks like. It's massive. It's, it is literally a large chunk of the, it's like half of the upper third of the device. There we go. I mean, it, it is massive how big that bump is. And the sole reason is because they threw on four cameras there, one of which is this. Zooming camera of which the sensor is on like a screw that moves back and forth against a square mirror. Well, Xiaomi has a very similar camera on theirs. We've got two lenses and a 120 X zoom optical camera which most likely only goes up to 25 and then does the rest digitally so that it looks like hot garbage. But I digress. And then for whatever reason on this bump that takes up the entire top section of the phone, they decided to put a small screen that shows what's on the main screen. And no one can figure out why. I can figure out why. Can you figure out why? It's actually very simple. And moderately genius, even though kind of silly. It's so you can take selfies with the big cameras. Because when you're taking a selfie, you don't need to see all the details as you're going. You only need to see, like, just make sure. Are you in frame? Yes. Make your face. Click. Done. It's kind of smart in that way. Oh, actually, someone else has a actually a quite possibly a better idea what it's for. Someone in the chat kind of half jokingly, but also half brilliantly says, so other passengers on the bus can see what you're looking at. That's actually a good point. I actually can't tell you how many times when I had uh, my S10 and I was, and I was quickly going through my notes on my phone 
and I'm holding my phone, you know, like this. But, you know, all of a sudden, someone who's more camera shy sees the big freaking cameras on it and then goes, oh, whoa, are you taking a, a picture of me? The answer is no, of course not. Well, with that, they now know there's no way. And it's so small that if it was confidential stuff, they couldn't see it. However, if you're looking at something a bit more indecent. Whoops. So there's something to keep an eye on. Uh, if you if you're if you're if you're a bus lewd watcher, uh might want to turn that feature off. So uh good on Xiaomi for deciding to be absolutely insane. Speaking of insane, Twitter is exploring a subscription model. The concept of paying Twitter a monthly subscription to not get ads. And also potentially get more curated and hand-picked topics like why the heck this anime character is trending on Twitter. It's still trending and it's trending with more <laughs> more more views. It's going up. It just keeps going up. Uh At the same time though, this feature is going to diminish the value of ads on Twitter. Because realistically there aren't that many. You go to I go to my Twitter right now and the first things I see is Oh. That's unfortunate. Uh tech YouTuber Jay's Two Cents has uh tested positive for COVID-19. So they're going to be in isolation for a bit. That's a that's a shame. I I am confident that that Jay will recover easily. He's a big, healthy guy. But, you know, I got to scroll significantly down. Like, how many down? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. I don't have an ad blocker on, by the way. 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. How many posts can I go down before I finally get one that's a promoted ad? Holy cow, where are they? Oh, yeah, FF14 is is 50% off. That's not even an ad. That's just people I follow. I've lost count now. I have actually lost count. Oh, someone's taking a couple days off. I can't find an ad when I'm actually freaking trying to find it. I'm not actually trying. Oh, yeah, I found my post saying that I'm going live with the podcast. I can't find an ad. What the heck? Anyway, to make my point, um, the ads aren't all that intrusive. Occasionally, you'll get get a tweet that just says promoted at the bottom 
uh, as of lately, there have been a alarming number of really bad advertisements for ripoff scams being sponsored that are being uh, that sponsored content. But that's about it. Um, so yeah, I don't know how well the subscription model is going to work for Twitter, but, uh, good luck. That's all I'm going to say. In addition, uh, Reddit during the Super Bowl, by the way, the Super Bowl happened. I stopped caring because my Green Bay Packers were robbed. And it's all their own fault. I am disappointed, but I digress. Reddit apparently went ahead and had a five-second ad during the Super Bowl. It cost them $1 million. And because they went ahead and specifically went... Specifically? Specifically. Got a five-second ad. That's just text. It might have actually been the best million dollars they ever spent solely because it got everyone going what the heck was that and then got people to actively look it up and then it started the viral loop well well done reddit well done good job nevada is Weighing in and contemplating whether they should let tech companies build their own communities to try and help create innovation. So the problem with a lot of city building is the fact that by its very nature, you try not to change too much at once. So Nevada thinks let a big tech company build their own community And see what sort of crazy innovations, what sort of futuristic sci-fi stuff actually happens in that sort of community. I, for one, say it is a terrible idea to let Facebook go ahead and build their own little small town in which terrible social experiments would be run. Very similar to what happens in Fallout 4 or Fallout New Vegas or pretty much any Fallout game whatsoever. Do you want to live in a town run by Mark Zuckerberg? I think not. Who cares if all the smart light bulbs are RGB and all you have to do is approach a door and it would open up on its own? Who cares if automated police robots would would go in and, uh, and immediately arrest a carjacker right as they go ahead and try to step into the car that's not theirs? Who cares if all these sort of amazing things happen? Do you really want to go ahead... And let Mark Zuckerberg run anything. No. No, you do not. Bad things will happen. Kind of like only bad things can happen by this crazy concept car that uh, Hyundai made. That is literally just basically a, uh, a walking car. That will be autonomous. And definitely isn't Spot the Robot Dog. Even though it's called the Tiger. Yeah, this is definitely just evidence that we're one step closer to the robot revolution, isn't it? 
the autonomous walking car. Wonderful. Well, that's a that that's a thing that happens. To which now we move on to with no good transition. The last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week. Honestly, it's less a weird story and more of a really funny one. The reason as to why Stadia is going to be losing yet another glorious, fantastic, amazing game in its library. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry to report that Google Stadia, the cloud gaming service that is doomed to fail, has lost the game Terraria. Because the Terraria dev team was locked out of their Google account. And you know what the best part is? Because Google is a massive web of automated customer support that doesn't work. They can't get access to their accounts again. So Terraria for Google Stadia has been canceled. Slow freaking clap. Amazing. Good, good job. Good, good job, Google. This is somehow your fault. Oh, that's the wrong button. Folks, that is going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening, and I do encourage you to check out the daily podcast, The Early Burb Briefing, which a new episode every weekday starts at 4 a.m. can listen to it whenever you want. Make a part of your wake-up routine. You can find it wherever you found this podcast. iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, literally everywhere. If if we're not there, let me know and I'll find a way to be there. And check out my Twitch page, twitch.tv slash eaglefalcon, where we have all kinds of fun live on Twitch. All Google had to do was just have someone at the phone. That's all they had to do. Although, at the same time, I do, I kind of have to like put a house analogy to this. Like, make a non tech analogy of this. Could you imagine if you lost the keys to your house and were just like, 
All right, well, I guess I'm never going to that house again. All right, thank you forever. Goodbye. You'd seem like a lunatic. But that's like the closest analogy you'd have after this. Up, oh, the Terraria staff got locked out of their house. Well, screw that house. I'm I'm going to my trailer, I guess. Goodbye. Goodbye forever. Modern leaders, it's not just their ability to reason that we value or their eloquence. It's more than their intelligence that we admire. What truly matters is their humanity. Just like modern leaders, the LS is human at heart. Every aspect of the Lexus LS is crafted around you, engineered to a higher standard, the human standard. The new 2021 Lexus LS. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.